How's everybody doing? Saturday night, let's go. I'm so glad they gave me a Saturday night for my first service. Saturday night's always been my favorite service. I don't know why. I think it's because I worked like a whole summer where I always worked on Sunday, so I always came to Saturday night. It just became one of my favorites. So uh, I'm super excited to preach um, the word to you guys. Um, Like Craig said, my name is Zach. Uh, I work here at the church. I came on staff end of 2019, um, part-time, helping out with with the youth alongside with Logan, and then uh, stepped in full-time last April, so next month will be... A year, that's crazy. Uh, be a year already that I've been full-time here at the church. So week one of full-time ministry was week one of quarantine. So that was interesting. Um, honestly, I'm really glad that we came on full-time for our first time in, in vocational ministry, or at least my first time uh, in quarantine, because we were all kind of like on the same page with everything and kind of figuring everything out together. And so it made it really cool. I think it brought us together um, in a lot of ways. And so uh, it's been really fun. I'm, I'm definitely blessed to to be able to do what I do, and uh, I, I couldn't ask for anything better, to be honest. Um, uh, yeah, this is just family to me, to be honest, and so I just want to, real quick, I have my mom here. Mom, are you in here? Wave your hand, mom. Got my mom over here. My, be- my beautiful daughter next to her, wave your hand. My beautiful sister next to her. Her boyfriend. Both boyfriends. My girlfriend up front. <laughs> so it's just family up here, and so... Um, like Craig said, this weekend's going to be called Follow the Fire, and my message is going to be called Straight to the Source. Straight to the Source. I drink a lot of water just to be forewarned. I'm going to try to make this little guy last. But um, it's called Straight to the Source. So w- one of my favorite sayings is that some things are better caught than taught. Have you guys ever heard that saying before? Yep. Some things are better caught than taught. If you're a parent, you definitely know that that's true, right? You know, is that the Starks right there? Oh, I could have swore I saw Jason. I knew that he was coming in the other day. Just kidding. Squirrel. Um, <laughs> let me go back to the message. Some things are better caught than taught. That's right. Um, so I'm going to do my best to follow the fire, and I, I need you guys to do your best to catch the fire, okay? Is that cool? So for me, I, I personally, I stopped coming to church to hear a preacher a long time ago. Um, I, I come to encounter God. And so it really, to me, it doesn't matter who's on the stage because I didn't come to hear a person. Like, I don't have anything to give you within myself. I, I only bring any kind of difference if God speaks through me. And so I would just encourage you, just like Craig was saying, to, to prepare your heart. And really, it's up to you uh, as much as you want to get out of it. I, I was telling my girlfriend earlier, I really don't even feel like... Like, I'm preaching tonight, if that makes any sense. Like, I just, I want to be out of the way, and I want God to speak through me. And so, um, I'm going to share some stuff with you guys. I'm going to share some scripture, and I'm going to honestly just share some testimonies. But really, the message that I want to share is the message that it always is here at Heart of the City, and that's the gospel. Everything that we do revolves around the gospel. That's what the weekends are about, are people coming to know God. And so, that's where the power is and always will be, is in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And I heard that a lot growing up about Jesus living a sinless, perfect life and and dying for my sins and raising from the dead. But it honestly didn't do anything for me until I had an encounter with him. And so if that's you tonight and you haven't encountered that Jesus, I pray that tonight is your night. And uh, Jesus is, he he is the source of salvation. And so he is the source. So um, I'm going to read a quick passage with you guys. If you guys want to open up to Psalms 34, be in the ESV. Yeah, shout out to ESV. Uh, Psalms 34, we're going to read verses 7 through 10. I think we'll have it up on the Skybull here in a minute. 
says this. Guys, smile at me when you're ready. I've always wanted to say that from stage. <laughs> smile at me when you're ready. Okay, says this. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. That's you guys. For those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Would you guys pray with me? Holy Spirit, we welcome you right now. We thank you for the opportunity to come and hear from your word, God. We thank you that your word doesn't return void. So, God, I pray that it would go forward and it would plant seed in our heart. It would produce life inside of us, God. I pray that you would completely take me out of the equation, Lord, that we would hear from you. If, if they hear nothing that I say, God, I pray that people would hear from you tonight above all. So, Father, we just give you this time. We give you all the glory and we thank you. God, would you search our hearts and, God, would you make us look more like you? When we leave here in Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Amen. All right. Um, just since this is my first time preaching on a weekend, uh, having a full service, me and Logan got to share a service when we did the deathbed series. Was anybody here for the deathbed series? Awesome, awesome. So I, I just wanted to lay a little bit of a foundation, honestly, just share just uh, uh, hopefully a more synthesized version of my testimony so you guys know a little bit more about where, where I come from. Raise your hand if you've never heard my testimony or really know who I am or where I'm from. Good, good chunk of you. A lot of you know me. Wow, that's honestly really cool. Sweet. I feel special. Um, it's my first time preaching up here. I, I preach on Thursdays and Wednesdays sometimes, but um, I haven't preached on the weekend before, so I was expecting more people to not know me, but probably about 75% don't. And so... Uh, just a little bit uh, background for me. Um, I, I was raised, uh, born and raised in California. Um, my my dad, he my my biological father, he left when I was really young, and my mom remarried later on, and. Um, uh, she married this guy, his name was Marty, and he adopted me and my siblings in, we took his last name, and he became my dad growing up, and uh, really Marty was, he was my example of what a man of God or a Christian was, and so he, you know, made us come to church with him, and, and you know, every Sunday, and go to kids' church, and uh, it was a very, very, like, religious kind of upbringing, very conservative, very strict, and you know, you had to go to church, you had to dress a certain way, you had to not say certain things, you had to not listen to certain music, and so it was very forced upon us, and, and so that was happening. He was also one of the head ministers of a, of a huge uh, all-male all Christian drug rehabilitation program in California, they're, well, they're nationwide, Teen Challenge, but this one was in California that he was a part of, and, um, and so he was, you know, this huge minister and a very well-known person at the time, and you know, he was, he struggled with drug addiction himself behind closed doors, and this was something that kind of grew and grew over the years, started small, and then got bigger and bigger, and I don't remember exactly all why, uh, how it happened, but essentially, I think he was in some kind of accident, and he was uh, prescribed pain medication and became addicted to them, and over time, uh, became very addicted to them, and so we ended up moving up to Idaho when I was about 12, 11 or 12, um, actually around the same time that Heart of the City moved here. Um, and, and began, be, became planted here and started growing. And so we were kind of bouncing around looking for churches when we moved up here as a family. And during that time, uh, my, my stepdad, his, his addiction and just kind of who he was was getting worse and worse. Didn't get along with me or any of my siblings. Um, me and him would, would get in, you know, in discussions, we'll just say. Um, and, 
And so uh, in that time, I was about 14, we started coming to Heart of the City and, and started really getting plugged in here. I came to the youth group. I was really close to the youth pastor, Joe Tuttle, when he was the youth pastor here, if anybody remember him, um, remembers him. But um, around that time, when I was about 14, I, I actually became really addicted to drugs myself. So because I saw my dad and the way that he, 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 was, he was taking these pills, I actually one day got into his pills and, and took some myself. And from the time I was 14, for years after that, I, I started using drugs daily. And it started with pills and graduated to other things as I, as I got older. But um, during that time, my mom and, and, my, and my stepdad had a falling out. My whole family really, they ended up getting divorced and splitting up. And when that happened, um, pretty much everybody just stopped going to church. And so from that point in my life, up to that point, we'd always gone to church. It was always part of what we did. And then when I was about 15, um, everybody just stopped going. And so then it was up to me if I wanted to go or not. And I said, hey, it never did anything to change me anyway, so why, why would I go? And so I stopped going, and uh, I, I just became very, very involved in the world, just pursued the world full, full force, didn't want anything to do with God, didn't think he was real, uh, didn't want any part of it, and... Um, Shortly after that, I moved in with my girlfriend. When I was 17, I was out on my own, living with my girlfriend, um, using drugs daily, just really living a party lifestyle. And then when I was 18, she became pregnant. When I was, right when I turned 19, I became a father. And um, about that time, I decided I didn't want to be with the girl anymore because I didn't want to have to lie to cover up my addiction all the time. So I actually split up with her so that I could live my own life and not have to lie about it. And then became worse and worse with the types of drugs I was using, you know, graduating to meth and heroin and those types of things, and really didn't have any limit, um, would use as much as I can, as often as I could, as fast as I could to try to get as high as I could. And that was, that was just how I lived. And so years of that go by, and then all of a sudden I, I, I start uh, trying to get a little bit healthier, maybe using a little bit, a little bit less, was always really good about hiding it anyways, but I started working out and started getting a little bit healthier just in my lifestyle in general, and uh, I remember um, my mom, she had just gone down to California, and um, when she was down there, she decided when she came back, she was going to start coming back to Heart of the City. So left when I was about 14, 15, fast forward, I'm about 21, 22 now, I think I was 21 at this time. And I remember her uh, calling me in the gym one day and her saying, hey, I, I want to go back to Heart of the City, and I, I want you to come with me. And I remember thinking, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll go with you sometime, but in my, head, in my head, I'm thinking, why would I go there? I, it's just a bunch of fake people. There's just a bunch of cliques and people that just lean on God as a crutch. There's nothing real that happens there. And as I was working out, there was this guy that was there, and uh, he was this construction guy, and he would always come in, and he had like jeans on, a tucked in shirt. He had like a headset. He was always talking on the phone and, and walking around with a Bible, and I just thought, this dude is just the weirdest guy. He's never here working out. Like, what is this guy doing? And uh, I was in there by myself, and I was, like, trying to, it was, like, a really small gym. It's not even there anymore. And I was, like, trying to go around him and, like, avoid him at all costs. And he somehow cornered me and got into a conversation with me. And somehow or another, it, it came out, he, and, he, and I said that I had a daughter. And he said, there's nothing better that you could do for that little girl than to take her to church. And something just struck me when he said that, and it planted this seed in my heart because I... I, I so wanted to be there for my, for my daughter. I so wanted to be a father, but I didn't know how to do it. Like, I, I knew that I couldn't do it on my own. And I thought, maybe, I, I had this flashback, honestly, of when I was a kid and, and going to Sunday school and different things, and I thought, excuse me, maybe this is something that I could give to my daughter that would be consistent in her life. Maybe this is something that would, that would help her. 
And so I decided to come back to church for my daughter and for my mom. And I, had, I didn't want anything to do with it. And so I started coming, still using on a daily basis, partying on the weekends, and, and sobering up and coming to church. And for about five, six months, I did that. And nothing changed. I came in one way, left exactly the same. I remember even coming to young adults and seeing Craig preach and getting inspired and motivated in the moment and then going out and partying and doing the same thing still. And about five months go by and my mom calls me and she says, hey, I, I want you to come to this, uh, this conference, The Sound. It starts on a Friday. And this is when we were at the, the, the fairgrounds when it was the rally. And I was like, no, I don't want to come to church on a Friday. I already come on the weekend. Like, Friday's my night to go out and party. Like, why do I have to come on a Friday? And she's like, I really feel like you're supposed to come. So I was like, all right, I'll come. And so I came there, and I mean, this place is not as big as here, but it was packed out, probably 300-plus people. And I still remember to this day, it was January, Friday, January 22nd, 2016, and I'm sitting probably 12, row, 12 rows back, aisle row, with my mom next to me. And um, there was just something different when I came in that night about the atmosphere. I just felt this like, this love, this like something was in the atmosphere that was different. And as I was sitting there, the, the, the speaker gets up on stage and he says, before we get started tonight, I feel like God wants to heal some people. And I thought, that's interesting. Like I've heard of miracles and stuff before, but I'd never really seen it for myself. Um, but he said, I feel like God wants to heal some people physically. And what was weird was I had this kink that was in the back of my neck that I, I'd never had before. It was just randomly there. I mean, I took painkillers all the time, so I was never really in any pain. Um, it's kind of, kind of a joke. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and the first thing he says is, someone's got something going on right here. And he's up on stage, and I'm like, that's weird. You can't be talking about me, though. And he gets off the stage, and he starts walking right towards me. And in that moment... I, looking back now, I believe that I was kind of like the woman at the well. What I mean when I say that is I believe his word of knowledge was for the person behind me who had a metal plate in their neck who got healed right after me. But there was something that God allowed this thing to happen in my neck to where I rose my hand and he stopped on the way to her and he prayed for me. And I just said, yeah, I have a kink in my neck. Like, what of it? And he just put his hand on my neck and he said, well, we just take that from you. And he walked off. That was it. Didn't say some long, eloquent prayer. We come against this neck pain in Jesus' name. He just said, we just take that from you. And he walked off. The second he did, the pain left immediately. And I felt this presence, this thing start in the back of my neck and begin to flow through my whole body. And I looked at my mom and I was like, what just happened? <laughs> I, and I knew God was real in that moment. And I was like, how did I go to church my whole life and not know that God was this real? And in that moment, I, I, I'd asked Jesus into my heart probably 50 times at summer camp, youth camp, every Sunday service, like all the time. But in that moment, I didn't say anything, but in my heart, I knew that I gave everything to him. I said, God, from this moment forward, there's nothing that could come between you and I. There's nothing. And, and the anger and the depression and all these things that I'd walked with and tried to suppress with drugs and sex and all these other things, we just lifted off. And I said, God, I'm yours. And I felt like he said, that same power that you feel, I'm going to touch your family and I'm going to touch the city with. And I'm still seeing what that truly means today. But that, that happened and, and I was changed forever. And immediately I just, I knew that God was real. I knew that he'd been there the whole time, that he'd been watching over me, that he'd been waiting for just the right time when I was ready to re receive and encounter him. And, and from that moment forward, I just, I was so overwhelmed with the fact that God was real. 
And I went from being addicted to drugs to being addicted to his presence. And I was working over at Fred Myers here, uh, stocking shelves at night, and I, I, I just, I immediately just started, um, every time I would go into work, I would listen to my headphones, I'd put my headphones in, and I would listen to worship music, and then I would listen to a sermon, and then I would listen to the Bible. I would just have church all night, every night, I would just do that over and over and over again, worship, sermon, word, worship, sermon, word, and I just couldn't, I couldn't get enough, and uh I started getting this thing in me where I just, I wanted people to know what I'd experienced. And I started telling people that I worked with what was happening in me and what had happened. They just kind of looked at me like, like, you're crazy, man. Like, I get it. I'm glad that happened for you. But, and they just didn't get it. And I was like, what is it? Like, what do I need to do to convince these people? And I would literally tell them, like, I promise you, by the time, by the time you're done working here with me, you're going to believe in God. Like, I would promise people that, like, just boldly. (laughs) They didn't all do that, but I still believe for them. I'm still talking, I still talk to a lot of them, but um, I, 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 needed to, I needed to find some way to get people to believe what I did, and as I was listening to these preachers and, and listening to these different people that were going out on the streets and praying for people and seeing people get healed, I, I would see these things happen, and nothing in me would be like, man, that person's such a man of God, that person's so anointed to do that. No, I was like, that person believes in the same God that I do. Right. I can do that. I can do that. I just need to go to the same source that they do. And Jesus is that source. And so I, I went to the source. And I started, I started stepping out and doing those things myself. I started seeing people get healed at work and, and different places. And when you go back to that verse, it, it says, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, who fear him. Fear can relate in the, in the context to either terror and fright or honor, respect, and awe. And what that fear of the Lord is, is talking about is, is an honor and a respect and a reverence for God. Reverence and, and, and seeing him as king of your life. And if you think about a king and what the king's function is, it's not just to make rules and regulations. A lot of us think that God's like that. Yeah, he makes decrees and he has boundaries that he wants you to live in. But when you live in submission to the king, not only do you have to live in those boundaries, which are actually good and healthy for you, but you actually get all the benefits and all the provision that he provides because you live in his dominion, right? And so I began to walk in that mindset that as I was submitted to him, that I actually had access to everything that he had for me. And and so I had to start to walk with that authority, um, the reason I chose that verse is because, I'm, like I said, just going to share a few testimonies tonight and kind of wrap it and hopefully tie it back into the scripture. But um, the reason I chose that verse is because, or I chose this testimony is because it reminded me of the verse. And this testimony is actually from a couple years ago. And uh, I don't usually like to tell testimonies from this long ago, um, but it just, it fits so well with the verse. I believe that we should have a new testimony every week, if not every day. And so that's just kind of philosophy I think that we should live by. But that's another sermon. Um, and I was thinking about it, and I was, I, was, I was actually traveling. I was going to see some family in Colorado, and when I was there, I was looking for a local gym that I could go to when I was there, and there was a gym down the street from the family member's house that I was staying at, and I remember going there and uh, uh, telling the guy at the counter that I was going to be there for a few days. I just needed like a three-day pass, and he was really cool. He ended up giving me a, a free three-day pass, and so I was like, sweet. And uh, I remember like the first or second day, I, w- I was working out, and I was listening to the audio Bible, and... Um, I kept feeling like I needed to go and minister to the guy that was at the counter that gave me the pass and tell him about the Lord. And 
Um, I kept putting it off, putting it off, kind of like putting the earmuffs on, like I didn't really want to do it uh, at the time, or I did, but I was scared. And uh, as I was listening to the audio Bible, this psalm came on, and it said, the angel of the Lord encamps around those that fear him. And I heard God say, do you fear me? I said, yeah. He said, well, then don't fear him. (laughs) And so I said, okay. So I got up, and I went up to him. I was like, hey, man, I, I know this is really random, but, you know, I'm only in town for a couple days. To be honest, I'll probably never see you again. And before I go, I just, I just want to tell you that Jesus loves you. And he's at the counter, and his girlfriend's right next to him. And they both just kind of light up, and they smile, and they say, thank you. We, we know. We're, we're Catholic. I said, that's awesome. I said, is there anything that I can pray for you guys for? And uh, I, I asked if they had any pain in specific. And he said, yeah, I have this torn hamstring. And it was a bummer because he had a competition that was coming up. That's what he did was, was body, bodybuilding competitions or whatever it was, strength training or um, powerlifting. That's what it is. And uh, I said, man, can I pray for that? And he said, yeah. And I asked his girlfriend, I said, do you have anything? And she had the same thing. This is, this is what they did is they did powerlifting competitions. And she had something with one of her hips or her back or it was connected to her hip and her back somehow. And I said, can I pray for you guys? And they said, okay. So um, I didn't lay hands on them or anything. I just looked at him and I said, Man, I just believe that God's healing your, healing your leg right now and that God's just touching your leg and he's healing it. So I just claim that over you in Jesus' name. I said, go ahead, check it. And he's like, really? I'm like, yeah, check it. And he's like bending over and he's like, it actually feels kind of different. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to pray again. Right now, I just believe 100% that that's healed in Jesus' name. And he checks it again. He's like, oh my gosh, it's, it's gone. I said, all right, sweet, I'll get back to that. I was like, all right, your turn. And I pray for his, his girlfriend right now in Jesus' name. I just believe that your back's being healed right now. Go ahead, check it out. She's like, oh, my back just actually popped. <laughs> Whew, a lot. Is there any like, chiropractors in here? Um, and her back got healed like that. And right after that happened, there was this moment where it was like this awkward silence almost where nobody said anything. And all of a sudden, I look up and I see him and you know when you feel the presence of God, sometimes you wonder, like, do other people feel this too? And I look up at him, and his eyes are welling up with tears. And I look at her, and her eyes are welling up with tears too. And I said, do you guys feel that right now? And they both just look at me and just nod their head. And I'm like, that's the Holy Spirit. He loves you so much. He just wants you to know that he's, he, he's here right now. He's the one that just healed you. It has nothing to do with me. And he wants you to know that there's nothing that you could do to earn his love. He wants to give it freely to you. And, and, and it was just one of those things, and I have, I mean, so many testimonies like that, but they, need to, they, they needed to have an experience. They needed to have an encounter. And just like that word says that, we taste and we see that the Lord is good. And we need to experience God for ourselves so that other people can encounter him through us. And then it says that the young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. When I read that, I thought about all those times that I would listen to different pastors and different preachers and the same thing. I would hear them and I would think, man, they they get these revelations from God and they get these things that they hear from him. And I didn't think, man, that person's so special. I thought, no, they believe in the same God that I do. I can have access to that. I needed to go to the source. And so I started going to the secret place and spending time with the Father and and getting those things from him myself. It's, it's, It's not... It's not the pastor's job to, to make sure that you're sustained every, every single day. It's the pastor's job to feed you, fill you, and watch you catch fire so that you can spread that fire when you go different places. Don't stay a baby Christian and just come and get milk every week. Go and get the meat for yourself, okay? 
Get a little taste of the glory. See what it tastes like. I love Nacho. Second Peter 1.3 says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. Do I really only have three minutes left? That's crazy. <laughs> you, you told me. Okay, 2 Peter 1.3, we're going to go through this quick. Have you guys ever met people that, like, they, they're just always charging their phone? Like, they're always at, like, 3%. You're like, how do you get through your day? Like, what, do you, what, do you have to, what if you have to, like, need your phone for something? They're just like, there's so many people, like, trying not to look at me right now. I'm not saying this about anyone in particular in my family or my girlfriend or anybody. No, I'm just kidding. I don't think you do. I don't think you actually do that. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But, like, they're always, like, plugging in wherever they go. Um, that was totally a joke, but... I think that some people treat their relationship with God like that. And I think that, um, <laughs> yeah. I think that sometimes if we're trying to sporadically plug our phone throughout the day, sometimes we try to sporadically plug into God when he wants us to stay plugged into him and stay charged. And when I stay plugged in to the light socket of heaven, he is constantly filling me and charging my spirit with the things that I need. It says that his power, it provides all things that pertain to life and godliness. And so I had to, when I didn't have those things from my earthly dad, I had to get them from my heavenly father. And so the absence of my earthly dad, because of it, it gave me this desire for the presence of my heavenly father. And I knew that everything that I was lacking in life was going to be found at the source. I couldn't get it from any man. Man will let you down. People will let you down eventually. But God, he's always giving you access to him through faith in him. I have access to the one who has all things that pertain to life and godliness. Lastly, 1 John 3, 1 through 2. This went a lot quicker than I was expecting, you guys. It says, see what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. A couple months ago, I had uh, the opportunity to go, to, um, to go on a trip with, with my friend Stephen. We went to Egypt in January, and when we were there... Um, when we were there, we were in our Airbnb, and God began to wake me up in the middle of the night, like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, every night, he began to wake me up, and I knew that I needed to spend time with him, and he made it so easy, jet lag also makes it easy too, but, <laughs> just realizing that, but it was definitely God waking me up, <laughs> and as, as I was there, I, I started to have this intimate time with the Lord, where he began to remind me and show me Man, this last year has been crazy, and it's honestly, it's taken me uh, uh, back from me realizing my need for intimacy with God and, and how all things that pertain to life and godliness and anything that I need in this life is found in him. And he began to remind me and woo me back to himself. And I think that God is constantly wanting to do that. You know, Jesus, him, Jesus, the, the son of God, God in a bod, as Craig likes to say, he was constantly slipping away to be with the Father. 
And I believe that we're supposed to constantly be spending time with the Father. When nobody's looking, when nobody else is around, not telling everybody, hey, I'm going to go spend time with Jesus. Like, I do that too. But, like, there's got to be times when it's just you and him. And, and, and he brought me into this place where it was just so good because I, I, I cannot know who I am. I cannot know what I'm called to do unless I spend time with the one who created me. Again, the absence of my earthly dad brought a desire for the presence of my heavenly father. God is more than just a religious deity or ideology. He's your creator, and he wants, he wants to know you. He wants to be known by you. But the reason that we go to him is not just to get things. That's what's important. I love the song that we sang tonight, Presence. His, his presence is heaven to me. And I even think of the... The tag that, that Aslan, he put in there, I think that was uh, United Pursuit, right? And that story, um, you ran to me when I was far away. That's the prodigal son. That's me. I, I don't go to God because I get things from him. I go to him because I know who I used to be, and I know who I am now and whose I am. And the only way that I'm going to remember that is if I continue to seek and pursue and fight for the secret place. Because your spirit doesn't want to do it. It wants to fight it. We're always warring against our flesh but God is inviting us to see who we truly are through intimacy with him. And that's really all I'm inviting you to do. I'm, I'm sorry I don't have practical three steps or five smooth stones. Everybody, you know, does things differently. I want you to catch that God wants to spend time with you. And if you've been neglecting that, guess what? Every day his mercies are new. Every, every morning his mercies are new. And he loves you so much. He wants to spend time with you, not so that he can use you, not so that he can make you do certain things or not do certain things, he loves you so much. And that is the reason that we go to him is because we love him. Would you guys stand with me?